What is going on, legends? Welcome to the Born This Way podcast, where we dive deep into all things love, connection, sex, money, and communication, so you can live out the most impactful, meaningful, and fun relationship yet. I'm your host, Jackson Bourne, and twice a week I'll be coming to you live with some incredible guests as we dive into the deep, dark conversations that most of us avoid. I've got a whiskey in hand. Let's waste no time. Get into it. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode two, The Affair. Now, I know I said last week that coming on and sharing this story was going to be probably the toughest thing I've spoken about ever and more than likely going to be the hardest episode I shoot for you guys. However, I think it has the most powerful message attached to it in a sense of the lessons learnt and the lessons I can share with you guys because let's face it, right? Probably 90% of people who break up or live a flawed relationship happen because someone decided they would have an affair and neither of them communicated as to why. So before we get into it, my disclaimer for today's podcast, at no point will I advise cheating, stick up for cheating, uh, provide an excuse for cheating. It's a pig out, no matter how you want to look at it. However, we are humans We have needs, we have satisfactions, and should they not get met, they will obviously be looked for elsewhere by a person who has their personal interests at need, and they are people that I admire. So that is my disclaimer, just so no one thinks anything of it as to why we move forward, why I explain what happened in my relationship, and why we start diving into how it fucked us and then turned us into the strongest we've ever been from a visionary perspective as a relationship. So let's get into it. It's not easy for me to talk about certain memories I don't like reliving. It can make me angry, but I'm very, very fortunate that I've spent close to 100 grand in the last seven years of my life, you know, dedicated to personal development, uh, human psychology, physiology, why we have certain behaviors. This kind of stuff has allowed me to be diplomatic when learning why these things happen, especially when they happen to me. If this had happened seven years ago, it would have been a different story. I'd have gone off the rails. I'd have probably kicked Kayla to the curb, flipped my shit, ended up in prison. I don't fucking know. But I'm grateful it happened when it happened because I was able to take accountability for my percentage as to why things went they did. So let's get into it. We go back to April 2021. Simple DM from Kayla, uh, sorry, into Kayla's DM from somebody who I will not name names. I've signed a contract, so I will never talk about the person's name or anything like that to keep them fully hidden. So Kayla got a DM, uh, simple story reply, harmless, you know, someone who she became, I guess, half friends with, half not friends. And I don't care about that, right? Women can have guy friends because I live in a world where people are respectful and understand boundaries. So I thought nothing of it at a time. However, Kayla is a very, her love language is, you know, physical touch, affection, these kinds of things. And we get into the month of May. I went down to Sydney to uh, support a buddy of mine who was fighting in a charity boxing match. While I was down in Sydney, Kayla got a message about, hey, let's have a casual coffee, right? There's a couple of us going out for coffee. No stress. Of course, I was like, go for it. There's nothing wrong with it, right? What I wasn't aware of at the time is, I understand how men think. I understand 90% of the time we think with our penis before our brain takes over. I didn't know his intention at the time was to capitalize on her vulnerability of me being away because Kayla does get lonely. She's not great at being by herself. 
Again, that's not an excuse, but it's just a personality type. Coffee finishes, all went well. One thing led to another. She and him spent the night together and she did what she shouldn't have. Now, I got home from Sydney the next day and I was told, uh, as you can imagine, my initial reaction before my brain development kicked in, I was mad, I was angry, I was sad. I went from wanting to throw punches to crying. I didn't know what to do for that first five-minute victimization, poor me, period. Thankfully, I have the ability to think before I act. It's a, it's a rare commodity these days, but I'm very grateful that I have that ability. I sat and it made sense to me as to, I didn't sit, sorry, no, that's a lie. I left the house right away. I went down to my local lake. It's about a four and a half kilometer lake, takes about 40 minutes. I went for a walk and I put some headphones in just to try to wrap my head around what I wanted to do for me. While I was on that walk, I managed to sort of reminisce and, and, and learn that about three months prior to that, every single day, Kayla was asking for my undivided attention. She was asking if we could have phone-free bedrooms, if we could just have some her and I time. You know, small things when we were outside taking the dogs to the toilet, she would ask for a cuddle or something. And I would do it so pathetically, so half-assed. I would have my phone in my hand still because I was so driven financially at that particular point with a lot of things going on that it was just priority to me. And I put that above my relationship and I put that above my level of connection. Now, again, it's not an excuse for her to do what she did. However, what the fuck did I expect was going to happen if a woman who's giving all of herself to me requires her main love language in return and I'm not giving it to her? Now, I have always taught Kayla through all my years of, of growth and, and understanding to always put yourself first and fill your cup up because when your individual cup is full, you then have overflow, which you then give to your partner, to your kids, to your friends, to the community. If your cup is not full and you're trying to do all these things with an empty cup, you are useless to everybody around you and you do not put your needs first, therefore living a very, very masked life. So how Kayla went about doing it and what she did was impressive to me because she showed her level of self-care. It's just different when it happens to you. And I'm talking about me, right? Well, all these years when I educated her this stuff, I never thought it would bite me in the ass. But I deserved it. And so, you know, 90% of these relationships that all end because someone has infidelity issues, someone decides to cheat, someone, someone goes and, and, and does something they shouldn't, they happen because the other person isn't willing to take accountability for why they put that person in a corner. I sat back and I reminisced on the years earlier. The first six years of our 14-year relationship, I was a fucking loser. And I shit you not, I'm not being dramatic with this. I went bankrupt at 21. I had no career. I had no job. I had no income over $700 a week for the first seven years, six to seven years of our relationship. Kayla's a hardworking hairdresser at that point who was an apprentice. My money was gone on bills by the weekend and Kayla's apprentice money would pay for rest of, the rest of my bills. She would take me to the movies. She would take me to dinner. If we holidayed, she would have more savings and allow it to me. Now, why would she stick out six years with a guy that she has to do that for when she has, she's a very attractive girl and she had a lot of attention from a lot of people over the years who would have taken her and provided her a way better future than I was at that particular time? Why would she have stayed with me when that was the quality of life she had when she could have gone elsewhere, right? And that same question was asked, why should I leave her? 
because she made one fucking mistake based on things that I was not providing her when she had already looked after me for the first six years of our relationship, right? At some point, you have to decide love is more important than a person's mistake if you believe that person can change. Now, I know social media and mainstream media and the world of relationships out there taught to us by people that don't fucking have a clue teaches us that if someone cheats or does something wrong, we have to up and leave right away. Well, why? Who, who, who wrote that fucking rule book? Do you know what I mean? Like, I sat back and I pictured my life with her and I pictured my life without her. And it was way worse without her. And so I had to make that decision. Well, cool, Jackson, if this is the route you're going to take, you have to decide that what she did is going to live with you for a long, long time. But, I mean, it may not ever go away. But how you feel about her is more important than the action she took to hurt you. And I was okay with that because we'd built a life together. She made a mistake. I mean, I'm no fucking angel. I've made mistakes in the past. Yes, I haven't cheated, but it's irrelevant to the point. A mistake is a mistake. If you fuck your partner, you hurt your partner. It's all the same shit. And I'm very grateful that my diplomatic mind allows me to think about this stuff before I just naturally up and react like I'm some sort of angel who did nothing to deserve someone doing something. Did it affect me? Hell yes. These years and years and years and years of personal development I had been through went out the window for about two weeks. I could coach other people on this same topic, but I could not coach myself. And I knew what was wrong and I knew how to fix it, but I was so stuck in anger and aggression and poor me that I couldn't I didn't want to get out of it. And that's dangerous. And that's why I'm not a fan of the word depression and mental illness and these sorts of things, because nine times out of 10, we know what's causing it and we can move, but it feels good when we're in that negative victim mentality. So we don't move. Full disclaimer, I found out who the person was. Now, I'm not a violent person by nature. I like physicality. I like violence in the right environment. I'm a bigger guy. Like, but I never condone violence. And anyone who knows me knows I'm never out there getting into fights and violence and this and that. It's just not who I am. But for this two-week period, I wanted blood like you would not believe. I, I couldn't sleep at night. I had a bottle of Jack Daniels in my hand when I was going to sleep. I would wake up early. I found out where the person lived. I pulled up to his house. I had two knives on my lap. I'm talking like mini katanas, like military-grade knives. I, I don't think I was going to do anything. But I also had a conversation in my head that, you know what, I'm willing to serve the five to seven year jail sentence for what I do to this person, because inside prison, I can sleep comfortably knowing these two cannot long, they can't be together anymore because I had sorted a situation that eliminated, you know, him from ever having sex with her or any other woman again. Now it's a stupid conversation to have, but I fell into it for a couple of days and I was fucking serious. And you know, I, I, I sat outside his house probably four days in a row. Uh, I followed him from the gym that he worked out of I, to the point where I didn't know what I was going to do anymore. So I messaged him and I, I offered him. Now, I'm 31. I can't afford to have assault charges on my name if I just randomly go up and attack him or punch the shit out of him or do whatever it is. Because how am I going to buy a house, in, you know, more houses, a house, more stocks, crypto, businesses, whatever I wanted to do in my future, how can I do that with an assault violent charge on my name? And let's be honest, we live in a bit of a buttercup world right now where you can get a freaking charge for being intimidating, let alone if I physically lay my hands on someone. So I thought, 
I, I box, right? I, I box. I've got a few friends that own boxing gyms. I've got a great coach and I hit them up and I was like, hey, can I use your gym for a charity night? Can I organize a charity night, a couple of fights, you know, 500 tickets, whatever, and I can fight this guy as the main card. That to me was a safe way where I could get my hands on him, but it was a sanctioned environment where things were safe and protected and no one was getting assault charges no one was getting hurt no one well i mean he would have got hurt trust me i had a motive that you do not believe he replied to me and he did not want to fight me he has a girlfriend had a girlfriend at this particular time as well so i had extra motive not only to kick the shit out of this guy but i wanted to tell his partner because she didn't deserve to be with a piece of shit that was doing this behind you know her back and it turns out this wasn't the first time he did this but he offered me a contract that I would to sign. Uh, he paid me a large sum of money. I will not tell you how much, but it was a large sum of money to not call him out for a fight in the future and to not tell his partner. Now, I was pissed that I took it because I just couldn't let myself, I couldn't look myself in the mirror for about a week because I had let him walk without being physically harmed. It was driving me up the wall, but at the same time, that part of my brain that can think before it acts had to go, well, if he won't fight you in the ring, Jackson, there's nothing you can do that isn't going to put a charge on your name and ruin your future. So take the money, put yourself in a smart position, invest the money, and understand that this guy now has to go to bed every single night knowing in his mind what a piece of shit he is, to what he's doing to women, what he's doing to his own woman, and the fact that he had to pay money to avoid physicality. To me, that is more embarrassing and degrading as a man than what I had to suck up and go through by not hurting this guy. So I took it. I made peace with myself that the moment I signed that contract, I was going to start dropping it because it was doing my head in. I was starting to treat Kayla like shit. I was treating people around me like shit. I, I dropped off social media. I dropped off businesses. I was just in an angry, angry state until I got my hands on this person. Now, we move forward off of that. You know, Once I had made that agreement, once I had gone through everything, it was then time to refocus on Kayla and myself. And that took some time. You know, I'm filming this podcast right now in November. You know, this happened back in May. I learned about this in May. So we're talking a good four or five months before I'm at the point where I've accepted it. I've moved forward. Now, there's the old saying in a, phys in a, in a physical world, right? When you break a bone in the body, facts will tell you that that bone heals and becomes stronger than if the bone never broke. Now, in my world, it's the same in relationships because what Kayla did based off of the actions that I was also doing. I, I'm taking my 50% accountability, put her in the corner that forced her to take her 50% accountability. What I did was understand that it put me on the map, I guess. Let's put it this way, where I almost lost the woman that I have envisioned the rest of my life with, and she almost lost the man that she envisioned the rest of her life with. And so it put both of us in a position to go, well, hang on, what don't we know about each other's personality? You'd be surprised, you know, 14 years with someone, you think you know everything, but there's small things that we as couples and you listening to this avoid talking about. And these are the things that provide the ultra happiness. And so I, you know, Kayla and I learned well, what are each other's love languages, not just the title of the love language, but what does that person require, right? We did a Tony Robbins thing on, you know, the significant needs of the human in a sense of significant needs in what we require, what we require somebody to give us. And it turns out there was two or three of those that we weren't providing the other at the level that was needed. 
And what you find for these relationships out there that live with a mask on, you are allowed to have a standard inside your relationship that sits at the level you wish to have a relationship. And if you do not speak up or take action, you will end up living one of those relationships where you're just there because you're scared to have conversation and the relationship's already dead. It's just a matter of how long before it actually dies visually. And what I mean by that is if you get with your partner and you fall in love with the person you meet there and then, right? They're not going to have every green box ticked, like I mentioned last week, but you're going to be willing to let them have time to grow into the person that you want to spend time with. Now, let's just say you meet someone and they're fit and they're strong. And a year from now, they start becoming fat. That wasn't what you fell in love with. And you have every right to say, hey, do you maybe think we should mix up some of the dietary stuff? Do you think we should start going to the gym together by yourself? Whatever it may be, you are okay to say that. It'll probably hurt their feelings a little bit, but trust me, they know they're getting fat too. But it's just much easier doing nothing than it is doing something. Hence why getting fat is twice as easy as it is getting muscle or getting fit. But that is the standard you are allowed to set in a relationship. Now, if you're sitting there and your partner has become fat and you love them, but you don't love looking at them and you're not saying anything to them, whether it be, and now there's right and wrong ways to say it. I mean, say it in an inspiring way that shows how much you love them and how much you believe that they can change. Don't say it in a way, oh, you're fat fuck. Like there's a different, understand the language that works for your partner, okay? But you're going to be sitting there loving the person you're with, but not loving what they look like because that isn't what you signed up for, nor is it the standard you set. That is a masked relationship because you're sitting in a situation that isn't meeting the needs of your your happiness, right? Isn't meeting the needs of what you want in a person nor is it meeting the needs of the vision you have for your relationship. You're just letting it go because you're scared to have the conversation. Now, that is a mass relationship, and they eventually die because we can only withstand so much as humans. And so in my relationship, it was the ability to communicate when things were difficult. Now, Kayla tried to communicate with me. I remember vividly right now, and I laugh in my head because I never thought at that time would it have turned into what it turned into, but I fucking deserved it because I took it for granted. I became entitled, but I vividly remember month after month after month, her laying in bed. Hey, babe, can we put our phones down? Just watch a movie, have a cuddle. Hey, when we're outside, baby, can I just have a cuddle? I gave her half-assed effort. Now, in what world do I think a beautiful woman with a great body and a great work ethic and a successful business and money and a nice car. These are all things my wife has. In what world would she want to stick around with a guy that thinks it's okay to give her half-assed effort? Fucking none, right? We, there's, a simple, there's a simple rule, right? it's a universal rule, right? You are what you attract and you get what you are. And so if I'm sitting there being like, no, 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 I'll take her for granted. I'll give her half-assed attention, half-assed love, month after month after month. While she's an extremely attractive woman with a lot going for her and other people trying to get her attention by providing her more interest and attention than I'm providing, and I think she's going to fucking hang around with me, pull your head in, Jackson. And this is the lesson for anyone who listens to this. And I know you're probably not going to believe me right now because you'd rather play fucking victim and you'd rather sit there and be like, no, 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 no. They would never do this. They would never do that. I don't care. I don't care. Whatever going through your brain, pull it out because I've been through it. There's a, my relationship right now with Kayla, right? 14 years where I'm 31, she's 29. 
we've been with each other pretty much like half of our life, our entire adulthood. I don't know many, if any, that have withstood what we have withstood to get to the point where we are now, have created what we've created to be as happy and strong as we are now whilst overcoming adversity like this. Most people, to, to, to most people, adversity is tiny because we create stories and make them big. Well, what I'm going through right now and have gone through with Kayla is the biggest adversity a couple can face, period. And we've come out on top to the point where the love we have for each other now, the way we communicate with each other, how we talk to each other is, is immaculate right now. It, it's never been better. And so I urge you, if you're in a relationship where you have a mask on, have the conversation. One, it'll prevent potentially something happen. Two, you hold each other accountable for the standard you want from each other. Now, if your partner is putting on weight, if your partner is starting to drop off their income level, if your partner is becoming lazy, if your partner is whatever, and it's not what you love, then fucking tell them because you're going to have a half-ass relationship without it. And if you're single and you want a good relationship and you you want a relationship like mine, for example, and you can't find the right person, have the conversation first. Know your price, have the conversation, set the standard, not the expectation, set the standard. Fast forward, again, we move through to the vision. Tony Robbins speaks very highly on relationships having a vision. And what I mean by that is sitting down with your significant other and understanding where you want to go. What, what are your visions? What, what are your goals financially? What are your goals small-term, long-term? And they have to be enough things that actually sink in together because too many people out there don't have this conversation. They're just trying to get by. Is that not fucking exhausting, living a life where you're trying to get by rather than actually ticking things off with the person that you I mean, if you're in a relationship with someone that's serious or you've got kids and it's serious, you're with that person for a very, very long time moving forward. Would it not be fun to laugh and celebrate with each other as you start ticking things off instead of just trying to get by day after day after day, living the same fucking mundane relationship? Your sex, long-term relationships and sex, one of the biggest struggling points in the world. And when I first had this conversation with Kayla about why she did it, I did. I questioned, hey, was it just something exciting, something new? Are we, not, are we not fucking that good anymore? And it wasn't to do with that at all. Thankfully, because about three years ago, we went through a period where we didn't want to have sex with each other because we got bored. Why? Because we didn't communicate as to what the other person wants and what some new boundaries are that we can create. We've been together 14 years. We've probably fucked over a thousand times. I don't know, right? How do you do that with the same person time after time again? And stay excited. Right now at year 14, our sex life is better than it's ever been. Why? Because we understand what each other want and we push the boundaries. We take risks. We live our relationship in the uncomfortable zone, right? If you have a relationship that's in the comfort zone, it's fucking dead and it's boring and you're doing your absolute best to mask it because you're not having conversations like this. You pretend to enjoy looking at your partner naked. You, you pretend to enjoy the sex. You pretend to enjoy the weekends that you do that are the same every single weekend because you limit yourself financially. You limit yourself with a vision. This is what lack of communication, lack of vision in a relationship is going to do. So if you're listening to this and you sit back and you go, geez, we do do a lot of the same things every single weekend. Geez, we do. How do we have the same amount of money every single weekend 
year after year after year moving forward. What the fuck are we doing wrong? How the hell are we supposed to tick off these visions we have as a couple if we ain't growing our money together? Why? Because we are not talking about it. Communication is key. And I want to leave it there. And I'm very grateful that I didn't get emotionally affected too badly while we were talking about it. But the summary of all of this was, to a lot of people, Kayla and I live this perfect relationship because it's fucking social media. Social media is designed for people to show off the good shit, not the bad shit. And I didn't feel compliantly comfortable conversating with you guys on a podcast about relationships and love and connection. Should you guys not understand what I have actually been through with her, what I have overcome with her to share the lessons on how you guys can be as happy as I am? Because what you see on social media is the truth. We live a very fun life. We're very adventurous. We've 10X'd our, our income since, you know, getting you know, from year one till now, we earn 10 times a year more did. Right? We have an adventurous lifestyle. We have an incredible sex life because we communicate, we take accountability, and we make the fucking effort to sit down and understand each other's needs, and we hold a standard for what we expect, and if the other person slips, we tell them. I urge you to have these conversations with your partner and watch where it goes to prevent something bad like I've went through happening to you. However... Should something bad happen to you, don't react. Sit and work out why. Because like my experience, it could, and it could just be the thing you needed to wake you the fuck up to have a stronger, more empowering relationship. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. I'm Jackson Bourne. Until next week.